Welcome to the Christian Life Austin Sunday Morning Podcast. Today, we continue our series entitled Fresh Start Initiative. In this sermon series, we will learn that we all can have a fresh start in Jesus Christ. And with today's sermon entitled, How to Make a Fresh Start, here is Lead Pastor Rex Johnson. Last week, we, we talked about, last week we talked about Fresh Start Initiatives. It was Fresh Start Initiative, and we talked about eight things that, uh, bring, uh, that are a part of Fresh Start Initiative, and, and we talked about those things, and, and you folks loved it, you enjoyed it. And uh, we're going to talk some more about Fresh Start today, but we're going to talk today on how to make a fresh start. So we're going to, we're going to step further. I, I, I want us to give it up for Randy and the Praise Band today. It, it, wow. See, I, I hear them every service. I hear them every service. And I promise you, they put out for you folks today. You know why they put out for you folks? Because you put out for God. When you come in here worshiping God, they're going to they're sing their hearts out. It would, be so, it would be so sad to come to third service and nobody here and nobody praising God, but you folks come as hungry as anybody that I've ever preached to in my life. And I thank you for that from the bottom of my heart. Randy, I congratulate you. Thank you today. Thank you today. Thank you today. Thank you today. Uh, Matt and Melissa Quinn are here. Matt and Melissa, y'all wave your hand. We're not going to call you visitors after a while. This is Gordon and Brenda's daughter and her husband, and I married them, and I tied a good knot. It looks like it's working. And uh, we're praying for them because uh, we want them to, she's a medical doctor, and we want them to transfer down here and be a part of Austin. But if it doesn't happen, we're going to still love them, and we're going to still care for them, but we're going to love them a whole lot more if they move here. Amen. <laughs> I want to I talk to you today about how to make a fresh start, how to make a fresh start in life. I don't have long, but I do have enough time with you folks to finish because you have an open-ending end. (laughs) Amen, and I won't hold you long. Please be seated in the name of the Lord. You're awesome people. I love you. Everybody say, I make mistakes, Pastor. Thank you very much. I appreciate you admitting that. We experience setbacks. We experience failures. Every mistake, every setback, every failure wants to enslave us. Jesus said in John 10, the enemy seeks to steal, to kill, and destroy. But I've come that you might have life and that more abundantly. Remember, the enemy is about past failures. You've got to get this. You know why? Because he can't get over his. He was this close to God when there wasn't even a devil. And he failed. And he can't get over the fact that he failed. Isn't it amazing? The enemy never takes us back to our successes in God, only mistakes. Setbacks and failures. Failures to stop us from focusing on what I call today a fresh start. God wants to do something new in our life in 2016. I'm happy to serve a God like that. I really am. It makes me feel great to know that His mercies are new every morning. You are not getting along on recycled mercies today. You're getting along on fresh mercies. Every day is a fresh mercy. That's exciting beyond belief. 2015, some of you folks made promises to God. You promised you wanted to grow in relationship with God. You wanted to pray more, read more Bible, get more involved in the church, spend more quality time with family. The list goes on and on. But perhaps mistakes or bad decisions hindered you from attaining those goals in life. But this is today. Everybody say, this is today. His mercies are new today. Say, this is today. Isaiah 43 says, forget about what has happened before. Don't think about the past. 
Instead, look at the new things I'm going to do. Don't think about yesterday. Forget it. It's over. Look at the new things I'm going to do. What you have to do is turn your head around and start looking forward. Get it off of swivel and quit looking backwards. God's not stuck in your yesterday. He's not interested in your mistakes, setbacks, and failures because he shed his blood for those. And when he looks at you, he sees you through the blood, not your mistakes. You must see your future. You see, Israel, when Isaiah wrote this, Israel was being punished, or they were, they were, they were, they were receiving a, a crop harvest of, of their sins and rebellion against God. And God wanted to give hope and encouragement to his people. And he wanted them to know that even though they were being punished or even though they were reaping for things that they had sowed in their life, they were not being forsaken. See, it's one thing to reap a bad harvest, but that's not God doing that to you. That's bad choices that you plant and they, and they produce. God is not forsaken you. Punishment's not the end. It's an attention getter by God, and it was to let them know that he had better things ahead for them. God is saying, I have something so much better for you, Israel. I got a fresh start. I got a new beginning. See, this was not Israel's first time. In the book of Judges, you'll see they were up and down just like a roller coaster. This was a pattern. Yet they had to remember some of God's moments, finest moments with them, like when they were trapped with the Red Sea on, in front of them, mountains on either side, and Pharaoh's army behind them, and Moses just held a rod out over the sea, and it opened up. Then when they got to the other side, after walking across on dry ground, he held the rod again, and it closed back up. When they had nothing to eat, God provided manna in the wilderness. When they were thirsty, there was a rock there, and that rock followed them. When they didn't have any shoes, God put iron shoes on them. He put clothes on them that never wore out. A cloud that gave them coolness by day when it covered the sun. And a pillar of fire that gave them heat by night in the middle of that desert. And protection from their enemies. They remembered those things. They could remember the former things, but they couldn't see their future. That's why God said, I'm going to do something new. How many would like for God to do something brand new for you this year? Wouldn't that be neat? Okay. So, let me talk. So, we've made mistakes. Some of us have failed God so many times, you've sinned, you think you've sinned your chances away. And God doesn't want to do anything with you. You believe, you feel that you have no future in God. But here's the good news. God is saying, it's not over. God is saying, I have plans for your life. God is saying, I'm going to do something new for you. Hey, child of God, it is fresh start time. Amen. So what do we got to do, Pastor, to have these fresh starts? Number one, this is, this is going to be tough. You got to stop making excuses. If you don't, if you don't say amen, say oh me. Say something. Give me a Baptist nod or a Methodist cough. Give me something. All right, thank you. You got to stop making excuses. Churchill said the price of greatness is taking responsibility. All right, you ready for the blame game? Here we go. You're driving 100 miles an hour in a 45-mile-an-hour zone. You lose control, flip your car on a sharp curve, and critically injure yourself. Who's at fault? Sure not you, but the Department of Transportation for not making the degree of banking on the curve great enough to keep you on the road at 100 miles an hour. <laughs> You're going 75 and a 55, and you get pulled over and get a ticket that gives you enough points to have your license suspended. Who's to blame? Oh, it's not you. That officer should have been more sympathetic with you in your situation at that time. You're wearing a shirt that needs to be ironed. And you don't, you're too lazy to take it off, so you just get the iron and start ironing your shirt. <laughs> and you burn yourself. Is it your fault? Oh, no. That iron should have had something on it that said, please do not iron a shirt while it's on your body. <laughs> you're driving through McDonald's for some hot coffee. 
And while trying to drive your car and to eat an egg McMuffin, you spill your hot, hot coffee all over yourself. You're a moron, right? No, it's McDonald's fault for making the coffee so hot. Come on, you got to laugh. You know it's true. Okay, one more. You decide you need to fix the electrical component in your television. Without unplugging it, <laughs> you begin your work. Uh-oh, you guessed it. You get fried. Dumb? No, I'm not dumb. RCA should have told you that you're at risk for electric shock if you don't unplug your TV while you're fixing it. That's the world that we live in. But today, I want to preach a fresh start. And a fresh start is not blaming others for your failures, your mistakes, and your letdowns in life. No more excuses, folks. No more blame game. Here's what I want to tell you. Other people can hurt you. Other people can harm you. Other people can scar you. But the only person that can ruin your life is you. Come on, clap your hands. Nobody can ruin my life without my permission. And I'm going to tell you right now, I'm not giving you permission to ruin my life. I'm going to have a life that's fitting to God. I'm going to be a vessel of honor. I'm going to honor God with my life. I'm not going to let you ruin my life, and I'm not going to ruin it either. Say amen to that. Amen. Get honest. Accept responsibility for your part of the problem. Proverbs 28 says, a man who refuses to admit his mistakes can never be successful. But if he confesses and forsakes them, he gets another chance. He gets a fresh start. Okay, God, I've messed up. I've goofed. I'm sorry. I'm forsaking that issue. I'm leaving it behind. It's under the blood. Welcome to a fresh start. Put your hands over your head and clap your hands real big and say, thank you, Pastor. I'm going to preach that way today. Now, Adam and Eve were in the garden, and they messed up. There were two trees in the garden, one tree of life and one tree of knowledge of good and evil. And, and you know what happened. They ate the fruit. They ate those, they ate those figs. It wasn't an apple. It was a fig tree. And, and they ate them. And when, and when the Lord came looking, they had those fig trees protect them because they recognized they were naked. And God said, Adam, where are you? And Adam said, watch this, Adam said, Lord, it really wasn't me, it's that woman you gave me. <laughs> That's right. And Eve said, Lord, it really wasn't me, it's that devil. Nobody wants to take the blame in their life. The hardest thing to do is say, I am wrong. I'm going to give you three little things, just three little quick quips here. Of, of, of to prepare for problems in your life and how failure comes. Many times failure comes, folks, by not preparing for the problem in your life. We need to become proactive in preparing for things that go bump in the night in our life. Not reactive, but proactive. Can I tell you, the Bible said in Proverbs, a sensible man watches for problems and prepares to meet them, but the fool never looks ahead and suffers the consequences. It wasn't raining, folks, when Noah started building the ark. It had never rained, and it wasn't raining. And Noah started building the ark, and people said, you are crazy as a, as a sprayed roach. You're as crazy as it comes. And Noah said, well, God told me to build an ark. Oh, really? How long did it take you, Noah? 120 years? Really? Guess what? It rained. Guess what? The boat floated. Guess what? It worked. I'm telling you, if you prepare for situations to come, when the situation comes, your boat will float on top of the storm and you won't be pinned under the storm. Say amen. The second thing is problems also come because we don't listen to sound advice. We really don't. Proverbs 15 says, plans fail without good advice. That's true. They fail without good advice. The only reason a person don't listen to good advice is because they feel they don't need to. 
There's a silly word in, in, in the dictionary called pride. And it's spelled this way, P-R-I-I-I-D-E. P-R-I-I-I-D-E. I is in the middle of pride. It's the fulcrum of the word pride. And then there's another little word. It's called ego. It means edging God out. <laughs> kind of pushing him aside. Let me give you a little tip. No one knows more than God. And you need to listen sometime. Let me tell you two things I've learned. There is a God and I'm not him. Say it with me. There is a God and I'm not him. You need to start listening to him. But it's hard to get anywhere when one has already arrived and they don't have to go any further. Proverbs 5 said, he shall die for lack of instruction. The book said, pride always leads to destruction. Here's what I'm going to tell you. An arrogant attitude equals failure. So if you fail to prepare and if you fail to listen, you've got issues when it comes to problems in your life. But thirdly, here's the third one, and I want to preach this. We give up too soon when failure comes. We throw in the towel. We become the Houston Texans. Come on now. Proverbs 24 said, if you give up when trouble comes, it just shows you are weak. Somebody say, I'm not weak. You can't stop trying during trying times. Failure's like water. It's the path of least resistance. Churchill was given a, 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 a speech one time at a graduation ceremony at a college. And he walked up. The great Winston Churchill walked up and he said, never give up. Took a breath and said, Never give up. Took another breath and said, never give up. And sat down. It is said that that class achieved greater things than any class before it or after it for 10 years on either side. What are you saying? I'm saying it don't take a long speech. It just takes somebody listening to somebody that has good advice. I'm telling you, whatever's happening in your world, don't give up on it. Don't quit too soon because God's got an answer for you and God's going to give you greatness in your life. 2016 is going to be awesome. Come on. Quit making excuses and be excellent for God. Amen. The second thing you have to do is you have to take inventory of your life. Everybody say take inventory. My first job, you know what my first job was? I sat groceries at first supermarket in Leveland, Texas. My daddy took me to work when I was 16 years old and said, Mr. Mr. Jones, his name was Winston Jones, my first manager. He said, my son needs a job. I want you to hire him now. <laughs> and I got hired. And I worked. And by George, I was the best employee he had. He told me that one time. You know why? Because I didn't want to disappoint my father. Because my dad signed me up for that job. Here's what I want to tell you. We used to take inventory in that store every six weeks. I hated taking inventory. I hated it. You know what inventory is? It's counting what you have left after you've sold the stuff that you had. And we had to go through the store and count it all to make sure how much we had, had shoplifted, how much people had taken from us, how much people had bought. Here's what I want to tell you. Galatians chapter 3 said, you have experienced many things. Were all those experiences wasted? I hope not. I want you to take inventory. The Living Bible says you've suffered so much for the gospel. Now are you going to throw it all overboard? I can hardly believe it. We must learn, folks, from our mistakes. Failure can be a friend or it can be a foe. It determines the way you react to it. If you choose to learn from it or you can choose to repeat it. If you learn from it, it's your friend. If you don't learn from it, it's your foe. 
See, here's what I want to tell you. There's four ways that experiences come that God uses to shape our life. Number one is personal experiences. That's with family. That's with mom and dad and your kids and your church and your people that you love and, and you admire. Then there's vocational educational experiences. You learn through study. You learn through your vocation. You learn through jobs, the highs and lows of life. Then there's spiritual experiences. How many have, how many have been taught some things from spiritual experiences in your life? Amen. And then there's painful experiences. Boy, that's the teacher. Now, here's what I want to tell you. After, after going through those, you need to take inventory. What have I learned? What have I learned in life? I know people 40 and 50 years old, but they don't have 40 or 50 years of experience. And the reason is because they, do, they go through the same thing every year over and over, and they have never learned anything, even from the one thing that's caused them problems all their life. They can't get past the first year. The second question you need to ask is, what are my assets? What have I got going for me? Have I got my health? Do I have my freedom? Am I still mentally sound? Have I got some friends? Do I have the Lord? Do I have a church family? What do I have to get a fresh start with? It reminds me of that little story about that little old man in the military one day. He was up behind a rock up on a hill, and, and, and the enemy was down in the valley, and he'd stand up, and he'd go, he'd make faces at him. And finally, the sergeant or the commander got enough of it. He said, hey, go up there and take that man out. Go, you two guys go up there and take him out. When they went up there, they didn't come back. And so the little man was up there going, do it again. And he said, five of you go up there and take him out. And five went and didn't come back. He said, 20 of you go. 20 went and didn't come back. He said, Captain, would you take 50 men up there and go see what's happening up there? And one man struggled back, bloodied and bowed and almost dead. And he said, sir, it's an ambush. There's two of them. Here, you've heard that story, but I want to tell you something. Listen to me. When God saved you, when God partnered with you, you're not up there on the hill by yourself. You need to take inventory and understand I'm not alone anymore. I have a God beside me. I've got a God in me. And I can stand up and say, I am going to live for God. I'm going to do this thing right. I'm going to take inventory when everything is stripped. I still have God. Ask Job. He still had God in his life. Say, I'll never be alone. Say it, I'll never be alone. I've got God in my life. Woo, I could preach on that. The third thing you have to do, you have to act in faith. Everybody say, act in faith. Faith is the key to changing anything. Well, this is a good wipe and tail. I won't use it anymore. It's just somebody gave it to me this morning. I didn't go to that game. I'm glad somebody didn't offer me a ticket either. <laughs> faith can change your circumstances. It can change your personality. Hear me. It can change your trust factor. Matthew 9 said, according to your faith. Everybody say faith. faith. Not your personality. Not what you have in your hand. But according to your faith, it will be done to you. You get what you expect. So let me ask you, what are you expecting in the new year? What are you expecting? What are you expecting in life? Are you expecting better things? Are you expecting worse things? Are you expecting the same thing? If you act in faith, it creates positive tendencies in your life. The faith that I speak of is not a dead, hope-so faith, but it's an affirmative faith that takes a position, a, a positive action coupled with the help that God can give you to change your life. Listen to me. There was a man in Acts chapter 3. I love this story. I love this story. He was lame from his mother's womb. You got to get this. He had not moved, but he was at a place called Beautiful Gate. He was at a gate called Beautiful, and he had a paralyzing problem. Listen to me. 
I don't care how paralyzing your problem is. You listen to this pastor. There is a beautiful church that you're sitting in right now. And this church can minister to the need that is paralyzing you in 2016. You don't have to go through 16 paralyzed at a beautiful place called the house of God. You, oh, somebody help me preach right now. You can get your deliverance in this house. But two preachers came to prayer named Peter and John. And he said, alms, alms. And, and Peter said, look on us. Look on us. And the Bible said he looked on them, watch this now, expecting to receive. Here's what you have to do if you want to have a fresh start in 2016. You've got to walk in this door, no matter how the paralysis of your problem is, expecting to receive something every Sunday morning, every Wednesday night, because God has got something for your life. Can you get a witness of that? He looked at them expecting to receive. And Peter said, we don't have silver and gold, but such as we have, give out of thee in the name of Jesus. Rise up and walk. He took him by the hand and lifted him up, and he got to dancing on those lame legs. Here's what I'm telling you. This could be your year to get past your paralysis at a place called beautiful, the house of God. But you have to act in faith, believing that God can help you. You know, Faith does not work with pity parties. You don't need to feel sorry for yourself. You don't have a, need to have a victim's mindset. Life is unfair. Yes, it's unfair. Whoever told you it wasn't lied to you. God never said that. Quit rehearsing and regretting. Learn from your failures. Don't relive your failures. Real success is built on failures. You know, when Edison figured out only a thousandth or so time what would make a light bulb stay lit, he did, not, he did that because he knew 999 ways that it didn't work. Listen to me, folks. You've got to keep knocking. You've got to keep standing up. You've got to keep coming to church. You've got to keep doing the right thing. You've got to keep praising the same God. You've got to keep loving God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. There are people that came into this year addicted of, of, of drugs and alcohol. You don't have to live that way anymore. There's folks that came without jobs, without, without a home, without, without tomorrow. But you don't have to continue to live that way. God wants you to have the kingdom. He said, suffer little children. Bring them unto me for such is the kingdom of God. You've got to be childlike. You've got to come to him and say, Lord, I need some help. God wants you to climb out of that abyss. He wants you to climb out of that cave. He wants you to climb out of that pit and stand up and say, this is a new year. God's doing a new thing. I've got a fresh start and I'm going to act in faith and receive what God has for me. Clap your hands and say amen to that. Being afraid. Being afraid of people can get you into trouble. Look at your neighbor and say, I'm not afraid. The fourth thing you have to do, and I'm hurrying because I want to get you out of here so you can get home by Wednesday. You have to refocus. Say refocus. you got to refocus. You have to. You have to focus again. You have to focus again. Proverbs 4 says, be careful how you think. Your life is shaped by your thoughts. Wow. Say it. Be careful how you think. Your life is shaped by your thoughts. How you think determines how you feel. How you feel determines how you act. Want to change your actions? Change the way you think. Change it. Romans 12 said, be transformed. I love this scripture. By the renewing of your mind. Amen. Everybody say, Lord, renew my mind. 
Stop thinking the same old patterns. The Bible says let it go. Let go of those things. They'll continue to hurt you. They'll, they can't hurt you without your permission. Holding on to old memories of bad things can and will hurt you continually. Let me say something. I, I got I to gotta say this. Facebook is sometimes hell. I'm sorry. I didn't sit in the first two services, but I'm going to preach to y'all. Because Facebook brings up your past. And your past wants to haunt your present. To cripple your future. Hear me. Don't stay on that thing. If all you can think is negative stuff. And if all you can think is negative stuff, don't put anything on Facebook. Because it messes other people up. Your old boyfriend is gone. That's 30 years ago. He's been married four times. You hear me? He don't have any teeth. He's lost all of his hair. He may put a picture on there that looks good, but he ain't good. Come on, get out of that. Get out of that. Get out of that. Refocus, refocus, refocus. you got a present. you got a future. you got a tomorrow. I don't know where that come from. That just hit me. Dr. Roger Sperry won a Nobel Prize in 1981 by, by, by discovering that it, it, when you discover something new or learn a new language, you grow new connectors in your hemispheres. And those new connectors give you new insight and they give you a, a greater gray matter and a greater brain wave activity. And it's amazing. And, and here's what he said. He said, if you can learn a new language, it's good. It, it, and, and now they use it for Alzheimer's patients and they use it for dementia people because if they teach them, they teach them something new, sometimes these new connectors create healing processes in their brain. You can be renewed. You can be renewed in your mind, folks. It's scientifically proven, and, and Jesus said it also. Here's what I want to tell you. Instead of always saying the same thing that was your defeat and re rehearsing that, re-upping re that, and regurgitating that, why don't you learn something new? The greatest thing you can learn is the Word of God. The Bible said in the book of Psalms, if you meditate, happy are those people who always are meditating on God's word. They're like trees along a river. They don't dry up. They succeed in everything they do. There's two things that people want in life today. Number one is happiness and number two success. And the way to do that is to meditate. Not just hear the word. Not just read the word. But meditate on the word. Do you know how I overcame the problem I had in 81? The tragedy I had? I started learning the Psalms and I put hymns to them. I put hymns. I made up my own Psalms and I sung them in the car and I sung them going down the road. I didn't want to preach the rest of my life weeping and crying. I wanted to preach on the top of life and not underneath life. I wanted people to see that you can overcome anything. You can absolutely get on top of it. And I'm here to tell you, I started singing a new song. I didn't realize what I knew now about Mr. Sperry and Dr. Sperry and, and, and finding all this discovery. But I realized that there's something about singing positive things there's something about talking positively. You need to open up your mouth going down the road. When you get in the shower, sing like a banshee. Sing with everything that's in you. I don't know what a banshee is, but sing. Amen. Sing with all your heart. Open your mouth and start quoting scriptures to yourself. Meditate on the word of God. Let the word of God flow through you. And before you know it, you're not going to be thinking about that pornographic picture. You're not going to be thinking about that bad situation yesterday. You're going to be meditating on God and growing in God. That's how you refocus focus in life. Somebody help me right now. You've got to get that in your mind. I'm almost through. God, I feel this in my spirit. Speak it, speak it, speak it, speak it, speak it. Come on, speak, speak, speak. You've got to speak it. 
The Lord is my shepherd. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. Hallelujah. Happy are the people whose God is the Lord. Come on, say it, say it, say it. Speak it. Somebody said, Pastor, I can't sing. That don't matter when you're by yourself. I got a grandson that's come to all three services today because he wants to go home with me. He discovered Merrill Haggard a little while back because I started singing a song like silver wings shining in the sunlight, roaring engines, headed somewhere in flight. I could have been one of the strangers. I could have sung back up to Merrill. And, And he said, Bo, what are you singing? I said, son, I'm singing Merle Haggard. He said, who is he? I said, look him up, M-E-R-L-E Haggard. He said, here's Silver Wings, and he started singing it. The other day, Brother Richard, Brother Richard Green, our head usher. By the way, Sister Green's doing wonderful after her open heart surgery. Let's give God praise and glory for that. Amen. (laughs) Brother Richard took my grandsons home the other day, Caden and Connor, (laughs) the oldest two. And he said, boys, I got a song for you. And he, he turned his cell phone on, and it was Merle Haggard singing Silver Wings. And, and Connor said, who is that? And Caden said, that's my new favorite singer, Connor. That's my new favorite singer. Let me tell you something. I want to introduce a new song to you today. I want, to, I want you to sing a new song this year. I don't want you to sing the same old stuff. I want you to refocus. I want you to re-up and say, I'm going to sing a new song of the Lamb. The Bible said when we get to heaven, the angels are going to have to fold their wings and listen because we're going to sing a song they can't sing. Why don't we get warmed up here on earth? We're singing a song they can't sing because we have been redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. Come on. Why don't you start singing to Him? Why don't you start praising Him? Why don't you refocus your thoughts and see what God will do for you in 2016? The last thing I want to talk about is a word called trust. I want to talk about trust. You got to learn to trust. You just got to learn to trust. You got to trust him when you can't track him. You got to believe in him when everything is going upside down. You got to say it's all good because God's on the throne. Job went through hell. You, you know how long that was? It's about a six month period, history says. Probably about six months. There was no Bible that Job could read. Job wrote the first book of the Bible. And so he was the first one to show us that you could get through life having tragedy and trauma in your life. Here's what I want to tell you. He said this. He said, oh, I wish that I had a book that I could throw it over my shoulder. And I wish I had an an iron pen to engrave in in that stone. And I'd throw it over my shoulder. And every time I saw somebody, I would show them that, 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 that thing on my shoulder. I know my Redeemer lives. I know he's alive. You hear me. You listen to this pastor. When you can't track him, you need to learn how to trust him because God wants you to stand up. See, some people think that when they stumble and fall, they just got to get up and try harder. It's more than just trying harder. It's more than trying harder. It's doing the right thing because you'll get up and bang your head against that wall again, say it's going to fall this time and bang it again. It's going to fall this time. And that's insanity because insanity is doing the same thing over and over and over and expecting different results. But what you have to do, you have to understand that I need, first of all, to confess to the Lord. I need to confess, Lord, I've messed up. I've made mistakes. I have, I have faltered. I have done some things in my life that I don't want to do anymore. And I want to live for you all the days of my life. And then just trust the fact that he hears every prayer, he hears every petition, and he knows where you are. Are you receiving this today? He knows where you are. See, here's the, here's the deal. 
Zechariah said, you will not succeed by your strength. You'll not succeed by your power, but you'll succeed by my spirit, says the Lord. That's how you're going to succeed in life is through the spirit of the Lord. Clap your hands and say, I got it, Pastor. I got it. I got it. Randy, I need you. I was... I heard a story about an old man, Uncle Oscar, that rode a plane for the first time when he was 82 years old. <laughs> and somebody asked him, said, Uncle Oscar, did you enjoy that plane ride? I'm here on purpose. And he said, no, I really didn't. He said, it got me here, but he said, I really could never put all my weight on it. Uncle Oscar, when you got on that plane, that was all the weight you carried. See, some people think they're going to set light on God. Just, they can't totally trust him. What I want you to do is put all your weight, all your stuff, your failures, your traumas, your setbacks, your misery, set as hard as you can on the Lord. Set as hard as you can because I promise you, he will, he will hold you up. He'll hold you up. He will not let you fall. He will give you the grace to start over again. You gotta trust him. You gotta trust him. You gotta trust him. You gotta trust him. You know, I just feel like And that concludes today's message. Please visit clcaustin.com for the latest news, to register for an upcoming event, or to support the Christian Life Ministry through our online giving portal. Thank you for listening.